0: Welcome to The Next Spring, a podcast about renewal and reinvention. I'm your host, Kathleen Goodman, a longtime student of change and an avid learner who loves to spot the links in disparate ideas. I'm in the throes of my own reinvention, so come walk along with me as I find my way through the unknown. This is episode 2. Right. In the last episode, we talked about transitions. And this space between an ending and a beginning where you're not quite sure what's going to happen or how the story will turn out. Today, we'll explore one of many ways to make sense of that time in between and to begin to hear the early signals, often confusing, of what's beginning. One of the best ways throughout history that people have picked up on those signals is to write. Now, before you turn this off and think I'm not a writer or I hate writing, let me tell you a little bit about my story. See, I'm not someone who writes much. Sure, I do a ton of email for work and I compose a great memo now and then, but I've never been a journaler and I've never written more than a few things here and there until March. Part of the plan for my medical leave—no, not plan, just one of the things I started doing—was the artist's way. I found a copy of it and thought, oh, I liked this book 20 years ago, in another lifetime. That would be fun, and I've got a little time. Julia Cameron prescribes several practices, but one of them is what she calls morning pages. Every day, for three pages, you just write. And it's not writing with a goal— it's just writing to get your thoughts out, extracting them like the memories Dumbledore would pour into a pensieve. What is on my mind today? What kind of thoughts are knocking around in there? I started doing them, and it felt really awkward at first, like I was trying to force myself to say something, anything. But with my emotions running high, I found there was a lot of yuck and blather to begin with. Then I started asking myself some bigger questions, not by thinking of them in advance— They would just show up in the writing some mornings. It was as though when I got enough of those intense, fearful, angry, or messy crap out, now and then there was a line or two where there was room for something else to come out. I had a dream job and a happy family. Was I missing something? If my passions lie in how people and organizations make meaning, build strength, and accomplish things, how could I be focusing that energy more? And with a kid who's growing fast and will be gone soon, how do I mm, balance—I hate that word—how do I clear away to have more time with her than those occasional stolen moments here or there? I found as I kept doing these morning pages that I was kind of enjoying it. And then came the bumpy days. When I really got down to the heart of the matter, I would find that the closer I got, the less I wanted to write. So it was really bumpy and jostly. Some mornings I would think I'll do it later and then just not get around to it. But the key is to not stress about it. I promised myself I'd just do it, start again the next day. I'm not one who makes habits easily, and I decided to just let this not be a habit, something else. As I wrote, the gremlins and the dragons in my thoughts would get out and onto the paper, And like any fear or shame, it kind of fizzles and looks very small in the light of day. Writing it down made those things move to the balcony, like the grumpy old men in the Muppet show. They were still there, but they were mostly yammering away where I could barely hear them, and not on the stage of my life. As the days and weeks went on, and I continued writing my morning pages, I found my thoughts getting clearer. I found my perspectives becoming more and more familiar and fresh and accessible. At one point, I went back and reread all of my morning pages over 12 weeks. Uh, I had written a lot. And it was really interesting to see the road I had traveled. Um, Unlike a journal where I was trying to reflect actively, these were just blurts, like random things that were on my mind. It was really interesting to see what was on my mind in each step of the way. And it made me grateful and kind of proud for where I was. It also made clear how the habit of writing, of giving my mind room to wander, had actually helped move me forward, even though it didn't feel like it at the time. So what are the different ways into this whole writing thing? Let's explore a few different perspectives. I've already mentioned Julia Cameron and the artist's way. She has this practice called morning pages. And her shtick is as follows. Write three pages in the morning every day. Just do it. Some days you will avoid it. Notice why you avoided it and then get back to it the next day and write about that. Some days you'll just sit and write, I don't want to write today, I don't want to write today, I still don't want to write today, for three straight pages. But the point is that if you keep doing it over time, it'll deepen. You can ask yourself questions, and maybe the next day you'll be ready to answer them. You can let the gremlins and the crappy thoughts out, and it makes room for creativity that follows. There's another guy named Pat Pattinson, who has a book called Songwriting Without Boundaries. And he talks about writing for 10 minutes every day. One thing I like about his take is he says write for only 10 minutes. Because if you do more, suddenly you'll feel like the next day you have to do the same or even more. And then the next day even more than that. And it'll snowball into feeling like a chore. So don't do that. Write just for 10 minutes and limit yourself. I think Julia Cameron's three pages is kind of the equivalent. Like pick a limit and don't do more than that. Then it'll still feel like it's no big deal the next day. Alison Fallon has a book called The Power of Writing It Down. In there, she writes about how writing helps us metabolize our lives, take in or ingest what takes place, break it down, and assimilate the experiences. Writing can help us choose a different vantage point. The words we use change our context. Word choice is sense-making. And she talks a lot about when we feel stuck in our lives Uh, or vice versa, we get stuck in our writing and where we're stuck in our writing. It might be a clue about where we're stuck in our lives. She also talks a lot about how writing is limbic and she unpacks in our, where in our brain writing happens and it's a physical act. It's the part of our brain that controls our bodies. It's less about our heads and our think thoughts. So you've got to sort of trigger your body to be ready to write. And, you know, that sort of sweaty palms feeling (laughs) is part of it. Um, She talks a lot about making space, like triggering our bodies to know whether it's like a smell or a certain blanket or, you know, a place in your house that you do it. um, But to actually um, use the sort of pathways in your brain that create the like, oh, I know what to do here kind of um, reflexes to make space for writing. She also talks about... um, looking for situations that are charged and writing about that, because those are also kind of, they'll, they'll summon that kind of limbic brain. Um, So what are the questions that our lives want to ask and how do we write about those? And it would be impossible to talk about writing without talking about Natalie Goldberg. She revolutionized the way that creative writing was taught. I got a chance to do a class with her recently and it was pretty spectacular. Um, She really thinks about writing like her Zen practice. Writing is a practice of observing your mind. Um, She has a book called The True Secret of Writing that kind of describes this in detail, but, you know, sit, zazen, or meditate, whatever kind of your way of being quiet is, and focus on your breathing, and when your mind begins to wander a race like ours all do, how do you return your mind to your breath? And then she talks about slow walking, Moving very slowly, deliberately, placing your heel, rolling to the ball of each foot, and noticing the contact that your foot has with the ground. And when your mind begins to wander, return your mind to the soles of your feet and where you're having contact with the earth. And when it comes to writing, the practice is the same. This time, when your mind wanders, as it will, return it to the tip of your pen and chase it across the page. And Natalie has a few other Uh, tips for writing one is to have a very fast pen one that can just whiz across as fast as your thoughts on the page and a non-special notebook like one of the cheapo drugstore notebooks because if it feels like it's special you'll never write in it so don't buy a fancy one at a bookstore go buy the 99 cent one uh at the drugstore down the street and fill it up she also uh is a big fan of time writing. So start with a prompt. Um, Her excellent books, Writing Down the Bones or Old Friend from Far Away, are filled with writing prompts. And no doubt there's dozens and dozens of others out there too. And a timer. And when the timer starts, keep your pen moving the whole time. Don't think, don't let your monkey mind come in and take over. When you get lost or hung up, just write the prompt again and keep going but keep your pen moving because you don't know yet what you're trying to write about You're you have to almost let the pen find it for you as it moves across the page. You've got to give yourself permission to write the worst drivel you've ever written to not care about whether it's good or crap or somewhere in between, but just to let it go and let your hand again, just fly across the page, chase it, don't lead it. And in that state, you can drop into the simple, the basic, It's where the simple truths come through. And last but not least, our friend William Bridges, who wrote Transitions, which I talked a lot about in the first episode, in his recommendations for how to sort of listen for new beginnings as you're in the uncertain, amorphous space of the neutral zone, he even suggests writing a memoir. Because sometimes by deeply understanding the road that you've been on, it can help you to see the landscape that might lie ahead. So writing is certainly not the only way to begin to listen for the seeds of a new beginning, but it certainly could be one of the ways that you might find your way in. I know it's helped me a lot. So let's get practical. Here's your invitation for this week. Buy a pen, one of the fast writing kinds. I like the Pentel Energel ones. They just fly across a page. Get yourself a notebook or grab one you already have that's half full of other things. I like the paper Moleskine ones. They fit in my purse, but the inexpensive composition books that fold over really easy are nice as well. And try it once. Do it at bedtime or on your lunch break or in the mornings. Whatever works. Just try it. Try writing the questions life is asking you. Or if you want to try a prompt, try one of these two. What are you looking at? What are you not looking at? So give it a try. Don't make it a big deal. Do it one day. And if you do it again, great. And if you don't, maybe try one day to write about why you stopped. Just give it a go. You might just find your way. So, in the spirit of going first, I wanted to offer to read one of the things that I wrote from a writing prompt called What Don't You Carry? It took me in an unexpected direction. What I don't carry a diaper bag. I did for many years. First, it was full of formula, diapers, wipes, a change of clothes or two, a blanket in case a spontaneous nap occurred. Basically, anything you might need, little one. It went everywhere to the store. In the car, on every flight, when we just ran an errand, when we went to dinner, when we took you to music class, for every play date. I think this is a thing for all moms, being ready to meet your every need. But I did it extra. I didn't really think about it at the time, but I can see how much the pressure, no, more like responsibility or reverence, drove me. Your birth mother chose me to raise you. She ripped her own heart out shattered it to pieces to give you a life she feared she couldn't. She even knew you might hate her for it, someday, and she did it anyway. The look on her face that morning at the hospital when she asked us if she could have a minute alone to say goodbye to you, it was love and bravery and grief and determination. I think something cracked in me in that instant, knowing what it is to lose a child. I did everything for you for her, for you. It wasn't so much a conscious choice as an instinct, a deep abiding need not to get even one tiny part wrong, to honor the gift and the pain of our bond. You grew up a little, the formula turned to snacks, the diapers to spare underwear in case of accidents. And now I realize you carry your own bag. You pack your preferred snacks, you pick your own activities to bring along and you take care of yourself you both honor her when you do that, and I realize how much I continue to let you go. Your heart, your world, your very being is becoming more and more your own as the years pass, and less and less something we hold together. I know this is a natural and necessary part of you becoming who you are, but I still long to know all of you. Thanks for joining me for episode two. I hope you enjoyed it. Please subscribe to follow along on the journey as we find our way into the next spring. And if you enjoyed it, pass it along. Share it to a friend. I'll see you next week.